Welcome to the Jockey Club, a podcast looking at the movie Let It Ride, one scene at a time. My name is Dan Delgado, and we're at historic Hylia Park where one man is having the best day of his life. I'm having a good day. So come on in and hang out while we talk about this day and the greatest movie of all time, Let It Ride. Don't worry about that guy at the door. I've got you covered. You can even take my seat to the Jockey Club. Welcome back to the Jockey Club. My name is Dan Delgado, and we are up to episode 15, which means that we are doing the 15th scene of Let It Ride. And really, it's the 15th scene, according to me. And we have finally made it. With this scene, we're finally entering the Jockey Club. That's right, where you can talk to guys with all their teeth. This is also the first time that we're seeing Jennifer Tilly, Alan Garfield, and Michelle Phillips. And at over five minutes, this is the longest scene that we've looked at so far. And if you're playing along at home, this is from minute 3619 to minute 4145. And I will inform you that my usual table at the Jockey Club was not available. Must have been some sort of a mix-up. And so I ended up sitting in the corner, which really means I have an occasional echo that comes in here and there. Joining me at my table in the corner is Eric Delgado, my former radio co-host, a gambler, and the person I saw Let It Ride with a lifetime ago. Okay, so now let's head on up to the Jockey Club to discuss actual real-life Jockey Club experiences, telling someone that you're on the pill, and yes, the 15th scene of Let It Ride. We're finally here. We're to the moment for this podcast, right? Which has not been the moment for the movie for me ever, but it is the moment because this is where we're finally going to the Jockey Club, 15 episodes in. Yes, sir. That's funny you say it that way because I might have a different opinion about this scene. Do tell. I mean, just in viewing it again, which is probably like, I don't even know. 14th time, whatever it is, right? I'm realizing that this scene is kind of like sublime for me. Oh, really? Yeah, there's, I mean, there's so many, there's a lot going for me with this scene, but it's such a, it's such a surprise, honestly, in the movie, because this is what (laughs) Chris was going through my head today, is pretty much every speaking part in this movie, they all, everybody has like a mini arc going on. Like, okay, you just (laughs) think think about like any typical movie, right? Guy gets in the cab, your main character, he has an interaction with the cab driver, but it's like, okay, where to, mister? And then it's like, all right, hey, uh, good luck with that thing, you know, whatever. That's it, right? Cab driver spoke, you know, yep, we had to acknowledge it. No, in our situation, the cab driver's got like opinions, right? The cab driver's going to get, like, you know, uh, a close-up so that he reacts to something, you know, a look on his face, you know. Every character that in this movie, I mean, I should say that every speaking part is a character. And so by the time we get to the jockey club, it's like you might easily feel like, all right, we've seen everybody that we're going to deal with. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. We're not getting any new characters right, that we're right. going to care got- about really. We're 35 minutes into the movie, 36 minutes actually to be specific, we're 36 minutes into the movie, all of our main characters, we've already established who they are, and honestly, we've met a lot of characters already. We've met, I don't know, like 10 characters so far, right? Right, and it's like, so you can't expect that we're going to contribute anything else to this story character-wise... You know, we've got his wife. We know that she's lurking in the background somewhere. We've got the loony issue. We've got the the ticket seller issue. We've got the huge, you know, the plot of the film, which is his day at the track. Right. Yep. Yep. And now you get here and it's like they introduce two of the 
just bonus, absolute fantastic characters. They're just, whoa. You know, like, I had no idea that we were going to, that we were going to get here, you know, with this. I'm already stressing, I've already got it figured out, you know, what we're doing. The Jockey Club is just going to be like a nice little respite. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. The Jockey Club kind of turns into the flip side of what's going on at Marty's Bar, right? And then ultimately it becomes sort of like the same thing in a way as what's going on at Marty's Bar. This is where he wants to go. He wants to assimilate with all of these fancy people. And in the end, they dislike him after he wins. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, it's right? fantastic. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm ju- definitely jumping ahead, but right. just kind of pointing out the differences in the, the two places. Right. The uh, I social do want to comment- point out just before we get any further into this is that the scene begins with now he's walking through the grandstand and then he's going upstairs and now we're getting like fine classical music, right? The score turns into from the uh, kind of the tuba trumpet-based soundtrack from Giorgio Moroder, who drives a car called the Moroder. And now we're we're going upstairs. And as we're walking upstairs, very briefly, very briefly, but I just wanted to be pointed out that you could see the neon the pink neon sign that says the jockey club and then there's a pink neon flamingo and that is the exact logo of this podcast absolutely yes and it's it's on screen for less than a second i think great grab yes there we go it's like no reason whatsoever you all right thank you very much Uh, you can now continue with whatever you were saying that was very important and i interrupted for oh no that's quite all right but just to Mm -hmm. speak to that right the way you see it in the film for that split second Yes, you, it, it seems to be calling to the elite. Yes, so, right. Yeah, makes perfect sense. He's going to ascend. He is at, He is literally ascending as he is going up those stairs. Right as right. he's going up the stands yep. to wherever the jockey club is. Right. He gets escorted to his seat. Yeah, and you, you know he doesn't necessarily fit in right away because well, the first thing he does is he pulls the dollar. From out of his shoe oh to my do gosh. the tip. Right. Yeah. <laughs> this this capture is so funny, right? Because I'm thinking, I don't know what the hell's gonna come out of there. Right. You know, he's just reaching like somehow he's got like, it almost looks like he's filing through, you know, like, all right, let me get the yes. Yep. And it's the most disgusting looking dollar. Yeah, it's it's all like perfectly like crinkled into a like a cylinder almost. Yeah, right? it, it's it, all. But yeah, it it does. You can tell it's probably sweaty and nasty. It has to be. It has yeah, to be. Yeah, I'm impressed that the Mater D takes it. It's his. Right, it's waiter, his. Whoever. It's quite the lowbrow moment for him in that situation. <laughs> and you're right. Yes. And and so here's who we're meeting. Here's who's at the table. And I guess this is the horse trainer's table, right? So these must yeah. be his friends, right? Right. So we have Greenberg or Bernie. That's Alan Garfield wearing a snazzy pink blazer. There is a Japanese movie poster for Let It Ride, right? And I don't know if you've seen it, but it's got it's got a close up of a big close up of uh, Jay of Trotter and, like yelling like a lunatic. Okay, and, and then there's just all these little like a collage of a bunch of different other images, right? You know, money and all the other characters. But then there's a very I I think it's very funny. It's a very big. Standing up, Alan Garfield in the pink blazer. <laughs> it feels way more prominent on the poster than he is in the movie. Right. But I love it. Right. Like almost like, right. Like he might be his antagonist or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess in a way he, he sort of is. You know. Well, I mean, right. You know, the the one physical one, I guess, you know. Yeah. Exactly, right? I don't know. Is he the antagonist? Is is Looney the antagonist? You could right. make a case for, I don't know. Yeah, it's just it's a, fate in general, right? right? You know, luck, society, whatever you want to call it. I don't know. So anyway, so we've got we've got Bernie and then we also have Vicky. And this Jennifer Tilly is the first time that we're seeing her. And there's a real born yesterday vibe that's happening with those two characters, right? She's clearly with him. He's clearly an asshole, right? Yes. Like, you get it immediately. I am a rich, obnoxious jerk. Right. And she is his ditzy, but kind of 
not as ditzy as she seems, girlfriend. Right. Yes. Yeah. These characters are so... Well, it's kind of funny what you just said, because in both cases, there's so much more than that. Like, they could easily just be cliches. But Alan Garfield... I mean, Alan Garfield... I'm, I'm thinking after this time he does this, because, you know, he's just basically done a version of this in Beverly Hills Cop 2, where he was the mayor, I think, or the chief of police. Yeah. Chief of, I think he's the chief of police. Yeah. And, and so at this point, I think this is like, and you know, we've, we've also seen it in Mother Jugs and Speed. Oh my God. Right. <laughs> so, like, I'm just thinking of times where he's basically this character. In uh, the Brinks job, he's not exactly, but again, like, I'm thinking all this time, all these roles are leading up to him perfecting it in this movie, where it's like after this, you, in Hollywood, they're probably almost calling this like the Alan Garfield. You know, like, if you want this. He's one of those guys that you're never disappointed to see, right? He's hateable, like you said. He's immediately hateable. But he's also got this, like, weird kind of insecurity to it that makes you laugh at him. Oh, yeah. Even when he's being a dick. And so... I remember hating him a lot more the first time. And that was probably my own maturity level. Okay. So, like, eventually I came to appreciate how hilarious he was, Yeah, you know, after yeah. that. Because, again, that first time, I just need Jay to get through this, you know? It's a lot of, you know, going on, man. I don't have time for this asshole over here. But right. it's so it's so nuanced, you know? And then you got... Like you said, Vicky could easily be the ditzy blonde, you know, who's going to say a bunch of vapid stuff. But she's got a weird kind of rapport with with Bernie where mm -hmm. she know like she knows him. She's been paying attention. She's not just arm candy. You know, she she knows what Bernie's all about to where every time he says something that's already hilarious, she has an even more hilarious add on comment to what he said. And yes. she does it a few times, you know, right away. Like, you know, when, gosh, so she says, I'm sorry, he says the thing about his 700% increase <laughs> to his condo. I don't even know how many baths, I don't know. I mean, can you imagine having a place that you don't know how many bathrooms there are? I know, it's so obnoxious. It's six. He he found <laughs> six bathrooms. She's so, it's so perfect. But she still says it like, I'm ditzy, so it's okay that I say this. And then the the Jay, like, reads the whole scenario so quickly, you know, between the two of them, and mm -hmm. gets himself so comfortable right away. This is where, like, I come to love this scene, because he just in injects himself so quickly, and... He's unfazed by Vicky or Bernie. You know, like, Bernie could easily be his foil, I should say his villain, but but he's not. You know, like, <laughs> Jay's going to handle him. And then you've got, I don't know if she has a name, but Michelle Phillips? Okay, her name, yeah, a great question. Her name, I don't think it ever gets mentioned. I'm right. not sure, but her yeah. name is Mrs. Davis. Oh, Mrs. Davis. You know what? Yes. I must know yep. that. Yep, that sounds familiar. I don't. I don't ever recall them saying nope. it. I only know it from looking it up. Right. But yeah, she's Mrs. David. Yes, yeah, so, yeah, she is. I don't know. There's an interesting contrast between her and Vicky, right? Yes. Because like the Michelle Phillips character is this, you know, middle-aged woman, but she's has this sort of air of sophistication. She's dressed very nice and... Vicky is, before Jay gets there, I'm guessing all eyes are disapprovingly looking at Vicky's dress before Jay gets there, right? Without a doubt. You know, probably the men are like, okay, and all of the ladies are like, oh my goodness. How dare they let this woman in here like this, right? Yes. Yeah, and so, all right, now, she's so interesting, we don't get too much from her, but, all right, so... We're just going to, let's just address, since we brought up Michelle Phillips for a second here. 
So when when he she asks him for a pen, and then they start to chat a little bit. She likes this horse, Lord Byron. And it is so fascinating to me, right? Because Lord Byron, first of all, the name Lord Byron certainly has some sort of fancy air to it, right? <laughs> when we're tossing out that name. Right. It does not it does not fit in with all of the other symbolic names, right? It it totally feels like and and you add to that that Lord Byron is the favorite right. in that race. Right? Jay has not been betting on the favorite. And so here we are in the fancy place. And yes, you know what? I think you should bet on the fancy horse. That's obviously the favorite, right? There's something that's going on there. But then, all right. So a couple of things I want to ask you about. When he first talks to her, he says, can I buy you a drink? And what does she say? I know you know this line. I don't see why not. I'm on the pill. There you go. Yes. One, honestly, one of the oddest... It's so Oddest shocking. Oddest responses in any movie ever. It's is, so shockingly hilarious. Do I not? Yep. I'm on the pill. Yes. I, I, I don't even know what to do with that line. I'm not even sure that when I saw this movie that I fully got what she's saying there. No, I'm thinking you but, don't. Right? I mean, I know what the pill is at that age. Right. Right? But, but, As a teenager, I'm aware of it. But yep. I don't know. I'm also like... Well, why is she telling him this? What yeah. does that have to do with anything? I don't understand this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, right. It, it's like, okay. You know, I was thinking about this too. Just these words, okay, in, in the theme song. When you cross the line to another place, there comes okay. a time when you've got to let it ride. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, this is, this is the instructions for this movie. You're crossing the line. <laughs> To another, there's no to me. There's no more argument when you throw that in. In the stuff you're seeing here, they're not being terribly deliberate about it, but it's for sure. And then this line to me is exactly part of that. Jay, never in his life, I'm a guessing that he'd ever walk up to a woman at any point and just blurt a line out like that and have a response like, "Yeah, and if you want to bang me, that's fine too." Yes, we can bang. Yes. Right. right, and we should also point out this is already after he's been getting the little foot taps from right. Vicky. From Vicky, right? Yeah, right. Look, this is. I will tell you what's funny is that I I remember like completely dismissing Terry Gar at this point. Right at this point, like <laughs> not not actually saying she's out, but I'm I've already forgotten about her. You know, like whoa, look at well, Jay now. I know. Well, we haven't seen her from the since the opening scene, so right. she's been gone for a very long time. Very long a time. Very long time. Yes. So it's totally understandable, and really, a, a a pair of very interesting choices have cropped up for Jay. Yeah. So I get where you're going there. And you know, Jay is crossing the line a little. He's flirting. Oh, he's on. Un- yes, he's unquestionably flirting. right. I mean, this he, is. Uh, can I buy you a drink? Right. Now do you, he later asked her, "Do you come here often?" Yep. You know these are like the cliche opening flirting lines, right? Right, right. So this also helps me because I'm thinking, right? Okay, I guess you know we're not going home. You know, I honestly, like I said, I don't even think I've I'm considering her at this point, Terry Gar. Oh yeah, he's just got this situation. I mean, this is a, a ton to deal with between the two of them. So again, I'm the never in his life. Would he have, these are probably like his two fantasies are sitting here right in front of him right now. The one that's 20 years younger, right? And is just knocked down, drag out gorgeous. And then the like fancy smanchy uh, beauty queen in Mrs. Yes. Davis. Yes. Who, who also is a degenerate gambler like he is. Yeah. Like if he was together, like if he was with her, right? She says... I go. She goes to the track every day. Every, every day. day? Even Jay. Even he's taking. I don't even think he goes every day. No. Right? You know what's funny is that he's doing right when when she says this, he's doing like his faux like sophisticated voice. Oh like, yes, he is, and then he so, drops it when she says that. Yes. Right. He and it's so great, you know, as 
as a choice, you know, for, for Dreyfus, because, right, he's like, so, do you come here often? You really, you gamble? Uh, how often do you get every day? You gamble every day? You know, that's like his, <laughs> like he goes right to j- full J in the response. She doesn't change her reaction either. She doesn't go, what the hell? Oh. Yeah, no, no. She's, uh, she's already fine. She's already in, in the conversation. She's in the game. Now, he asked her two interesting questions. Yes. Right? Yes. That should be acknowledged. One of them is, how has gambling affected your home life? And she says, ruined it. Yes. Right? And then you see the, the gentleman that she's with. Uh, oh, my guy gosh. Who's on oxygen. Right. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> and you also notice, Jay notices at the same time, that uh, she has five rings on four fingers. How can you They're not all, notice? All diamond crusted. Three of them are on one finger, by the way. I don't know if you've noticed that. Yes. It's right. It's a battle. It's an interesting choice because she's that, that she left the um, I think the middle finger has no has no rings on it, but the ring finger has three. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. So she says ruined it. And then his follow up question is, has gambling affected your reputation? <laughs> I know. She says, some people like to rub me for luck. <laughs> <laughs> And she really does deliver that line with some serious conviction, too. Right? You know, and, and you know, we skipped something. When she yeah. says the thing about the pill, he has yes. a, two great asides. He turns and he says, rum. Yes. Right. And then when she says the rub me for luck, he says, let's hurry up with that rum. <laughs> Those are great. Yeah. So, But y- what what I find funny, or I, I guess that's not funny about this, these two questions is that they're like the Gamblers Anonymous questions. And I only learned that, and you did as well, watching that deleted scene. I would have never known that that's where those come from. Because I, al- I always found that those questions were like the home life question. I understand that one. But then affected your reputation. It, I, don't, I mean, I, I, it, it makes sense as a question to ask. But it's like, okay, that's an interesting thing to be conscious of at this moment. Right? Yes. It's like, yeah. right, the way I view it before knowing is like, oh, it's Curious Jay. <laughs> you know, look, oh, he's just got questions. That's great. I never mm-hmm. thought, like you said, but it it lines up so perfectly with that deleted scene where this is on his mind and this is something he's used to talking about and hearing about. Yes. And maybe he's got a hope somehow that, you know, the answers will be better coming out of her. I'm trying to remember what was the response to it. Yeah, honey, some people like to rub me for luck. Yeah. Yeah, oh, which is God. a fantastic right. response. And that's the response. Yeah, that response is so good, you know, for him. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's just the green light. Yeah. That's just to go with it, yep. right? We, we also have glossed over when they were talking about Lord Byron. I always find his musing on the name. Oh, be, stop. It, Don't. It's, it's so, so cringeworthy. It is cringeworthy. It's so cringeworthy. Yes. Right? Yes. Poet. Poetas. Like all that stuff he's doing. Poetatis. To sound sophisticated. Yes. Right, like, right. He just assumes this is how the, the other side mull over their decisions. Yes, this is it. Yes, I'm going to sit here and put on my airs and <laughs> think about the name Lord Byron. What does it mean to me? Right. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of hate him right there for a second. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. Yeah, also the wild turkey. Yeah. Orders <laughs> right. a wild. Do you have any wild turkey in season? <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, that's great too, right? Because here's the thing is that uh, there's a lot of Pitka in this scene, you know, his commercial Pitka, because you're getting all of these faces and reactions that really would, if this were normal, they're not paying any attention once you've walked in. But for some reason, oh, true. he's got them reacting from three tables over, you know, to oh, something yes. he said, especially, look, with, with money on the line and, the, and everything else, look, you're, you're occupied. But in this scene, he takes you there and it's totally fine. But it's like, it, yes, it's so Pitka, the way he's bouncing faces around. And when he says, you know, he says, ha, 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 ha. You know, that, that's what everybody else is like. I don't know if I like that. You, you. <laughs> And then he then he doubles down, right, and says, "F the audience," and says, "Kill one for me." Yes. So it's like, yeah, that's that's just so uh, 
Pitka right there. Jay. All right, so what we're going to do now is we're going to go and we're going to bet Lord Byron. We're now convinced that because we've talked to Mrs. Davis, who has lived a life of gambling, and, hmm, like you think about her, she's married. Is this like her millionth marriage that she's on? Like, I don't exactly know. That seems like what's going on. Right? Like, she's yeah. been married several times. Yeah, it's this easy dude for on her. Oxygen is, he's the latest. Yep. Right? Yep. And, yeah, like, this is, I don't, I don't even know when I think about that. Like, what is that telling me? She's right. That gambling probably has ruined her life, but she's just rolling with it anyway. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know if, I don't even know how much she means it because the way she says it is like, it's delicious. Ruined it. it. Yeah. It's ruined it, but, you know. Mm-hmm. I still kind of enjoy the gambling. Yeah, I mean, it looks like right now we've caught her where, you know, her routine is like in peak shape, you know, where she gets the man and then she controls the man and the man is completely oblivious and she does whatever she wants, even right in front of him, where she's like flirting with Jay. Oh, yeah, that's true. He is at the t- he is at her table, yes. this guy, on the oxygen and... No problem no just talking to Jay right in front of this guy. Right. right. Who's just coughing and breathing into his oxygen. This, this could be his last day. Yeah. <laughs> just waiting it out. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> and it's no concern to her. Now let, let, let's discuss for a moment the clubhouse bar. So this was the closest thing, I think, that you would have in your own personal experience to going to the jockey club. Okay, this is a great question because it was already on my mind. Yeah. Because they, okay, the way the scene begins, actually, it's before this, right? He gets the invitation or the, uh, he gets the seat at the jockey club before Mm -hmm. he bets Faith Healer. And then he wanders around, he has a cheeseburger, he uh, talks to Looney, he talks to Cheeseburger, he makes the bet downstairs, then he watches the race. You know, as we've already discussed in that little crappy area with the TV. Okay. I was, I was, I just kind of recently learned about this. I haven't done a lot of research, but I realized this is me. There's like Mm -hmm. this condition where you deny yourself pleasure, not forever, but like Uh you, you put it like on a shelf. And so oddly enough, where I see it crystallized is in an episode of Modern Family where, well, where else um, would you see it? Yeah, it's Cam and Mitchell do this, right? And of course, okay. it's, it's hilarious, you know. Like, they've got this bottle of wine that they've been saving, and they refuse to open it no matter what occasion it is. It's like, it's not good enough. Like, you... Uh, okay. The, the yeah, issue I is, it. it's like you have to earn... You have to somehow decide that you've earned whatever this privilege is, whatever it is. And so... I see this a little bit here in Jay where he doesn't go and take him up on it right away. It's not until he wins that next bet for the 2500. Then mm-hmm. he very calmly and coolly takes himself up there. And I yes. And and I relate to this because like I said, I realize now it's funny the timing because like I've been thinking about this for a few weeks only because I saw this like I said on the show. And then, of course, seeing the scene, and I realized it's exactly how I would have handled it like you just brought up, which is I don't go in there. You know, when I first walk in with my $40, I'm not trying to hit sit at the jockey club or uh, at the clubhouse or even treat myself to anything. Like, I know I'm probably going to eat tonight while I'm here. Of course, let's just say that $40 is gone in the first or second game. If it is... It's a short night, and we I get out of here, and I it's on to other things. Okay. So right. I don't okay. go and, like, you know, like you see people at the ball game, right? They get their seats, and all of a sudden they're dragging in, you know, a giant Coke or a beer and the hot dog and the popcorn, and they're trying to sit down in their seat and all that. That's not how I would ever approach the gambling at Highlight. It was like, let's see if I'm going to earn my way through this tonight. And so... <laughs> Okay. At some point, and this wouldn't happen every night, because there'd be nights, right, where I would struggle the whole way, and I'd walk out of there with my $40 or without it, but it was like right. at no point was I ever, you know, maybe I was always between $20 and like 60 the whole night. 
you know, that night was a battle, right? So, yeah, yeah so there's these other nights where, you know, I'll hit some nice two, $300 trifecta and I'll be like, oh, I'm good for the whole night now. I'm going to just cruise. I'm going to do whatever I like. And that's when it's like, oh, I'm hungry. You know, suddenly I get, I'm going to go eat, right? So similarly, if, I, if it went to a, the next level, right, where, you know, maybe I'm winning 500 or more, okay. then I'm thinking about the clubhouse, right? Now it's okay. like, okay. okay, now I've earned the right to be here. And okay. so I feel like Jay there does the same thing. Of course, that clubhouse, that jockey club, you need a, you know, I guess you need to have a seat in advance. So it's even more fancy, you know, at yeah, Hala, you just I, I don't even know how that's the level of fancy where I don't even know how that actually works. Take my seat as though this is his season ticket. Exactly what it seems. That's like. how he gives it to him. Exactly. Right. You've got to shell out for that thing. And right. So so it's a whole different level. But I feel like that's what's happening. Like when he goes and he's now he's putting the tie on, you know, but he's not concerned. He's just like, OK. I've arrived. Let's go. Yeah. And and he very casually makes that approach. So I related to that 100% because that was, you know, you didn't just stumble in to the uh, to the clubhouse either. And I don't know if you remember this, but okay. there were there were nights really when when I was taking you, this was would happen more often. Like that was that period where I would buy like the general seating, you know, which was like $2 or $4, whatever it was. Um, and then when things started to go really well, I would go and I would upgrade and I would get those front row seats. <laughs> Do you remember those seats? All right. So wait, now when you say the front row seats, do you mean like the front front? And, yes. Yeah. Like and, with the, with the really nice soft leather chairs, you know, they had those like box seats. Oh, I know exactly the ones you're talking about. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah they might've sure. called them luxury seating or something like that. And they were like 12 bucks. So just imagine, you know, like towards the end where it was like they're begging you to come, right? Yeah. Was it, was it free at the yeah, end? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, eventually it was free to get in, sit wherever you want. Even, yeah. right. At some point it was even free for that. Then they removed all that and they changed it up. But yeah, there was a period there where those were free. But like, yeah, in the, in the earlier part when there were, you know, a few thousand people there. I would do that because, again, it really, honestly, uh, the view was great, right? They would interact, the players would interact way more easily over there. So you had a chance to, like, you know, you could shout from the cheap seats. That was fine, but it wasn't like they were always going to acknowledge you. But from from there, you could, right? So it was actually, there was some stake in it, right? So (laughs) this is my point, right? So I wouldn't do that because, shoot, I mean, like I said, a lot of nights I came there with like 30 bucks to begin with. So I'm not spending 24, you know, for you and I to sit, right? Or me and my girlfriend or whatever. So that would be like, you know, again, another uh, a privilege, you know? So in both cases, I know that exact feeling. It's like, oh, it's time. Okay, we're, we're ascending. Yeah. So that's how he treats it. You know, he doesn't just immediately go, here I am with my $700 win. He waits until, okay. I'm a little more established. I thought that was, you know, like that couldn't be by accident. Like that was somebody in the know explaining that whole phenomenon. Well, that's that's Jay Cronley. Is that would, that would be the degenerate? Yeah, I think uh, Jay Cronley is, is where we're going with that one, right? Right. right. It's all Jay. Yeah. yeah. All right, and so t- tell me about though your like jockey club experience like when you were there did it feel as though you had other fancy people i remember that when i was there it didn't necessarily feel like as fancy as i thought it might feel of course my perspective was probably very different because it's just like oh this is just sort of a restaurant and now we're looking over i mean the view of the of the court from that restaurant high above was fantastic. I, and, I, and I do believe maybe that's the first place I w- went to that had like a little television on the table. Right? I don't think I'd seen that before. But when you went up there, and I know you went up there with lots of your lady friends. <laughs> right. Correct? Uh, yes. Just want to establish this. Right. Uh, when <laughs> Was it like, hey, here's this fancy experience. Here's this 
upper echelon that we're at now? You were, you were treated like it was. That, that's for sure. Now, what I just described, like I said, where I would ascend is different from, there were different, there were other times where it was part of the plan. So here's how that would work. Like, I would have like a good week, right? Where, you know, I've been two or three times already in the last six, seven days or whatever. And I'm up like a grand, you know, since last Thursday or something like that. So now here comes Friday night or Saturday night. And, oh, we're going directly there. We're buying the tickets. We're going to get the, the dinner. And we're going in there dressed up. And, you know, the, yes, exactly. So whole different experience from the beginning. And I rem if I remember this correctly, you had to be seated by a certain time. You couldn't just wander in and eat. So well, if you did, I should say there would probably a different menu for it. I think that might have been the case. But the dinner menu started at like, it actually started pretty well before. So that was a little okay. bit, I didn't love that. You know, like you had to be there at oh, like. Oh, they're not you know, serving you during the games. They're not yeah. serving you like, you know, all right. the time. Got it. Right. Yeah, yeah. So it was, but the thing was, <laughs> and again, you know, like what you said, I mean, I wasn't the, the most worldly guy at the time. So my experience might be a little off. You know, this is between the ages of like 18 <laughs> yeah. and, you know, 25. But it definitely was, you know, I mean, one of the big, you know, meals was prime rib. Oh. Okay. Now you're talking. Right. And it was like not cheap, man. You know, it was like 25 bucks a plate for that 35 years ago. So I'm messing around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were shelling it out. Yeah, look. I was dropping a hundred plus, you know, at the at, for that meal, and you know, think about it. There, there were nights I went there and I didn't even buy myself a dollar Coke, you know. So the the disparity between those two experiences, <laughs> you know, it's funny yeah. too. Is that the there was all kind, you know, there was unfortunately there'd be a lot of pressure on those nights to perform because we've already invested so much. You know? Oh, okay. So that that right, now so this affected your betting, is what you're saying? Yeah, it would. Yeah, well, I mean, in the in the regard that, yeah, it felt like I have to come out of here a winner, you know, yeah. because how do you you know how do you reconcile all this if you don't? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. you know, man, what a, what a, <laughs> you you hate the the idea of that, and we've talked about that with like traveling to a Mets game. It's like oh. you're. You, yeah. you know what I mean? You put in all that effort and then they lose. Yeah. You know, you're just going to kill yourself, you know, on the That's way home right. from, why did I? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Why, why did we drive from Fort Lauderdale to Atlanta and then come right back for them to lose? Why did I spend all of this money to sit in this place only to watch you know, Mujica drop the ball <laughs> right out of the Sesta? Mujica. Right? Yeah. There you go. Highlight name for, for there's a reference for no one. Very nice, <laughs> but nonetheless, to watch right. him drop the ball yeah. and ruin my trifecta. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, often, right? So, I mean, depending on the relationship I was in, you know, because at some some point it was people that well understood what was going on, right? So right. then there uh, you, people people you've indoctrinated. Exactly, and so. Yeah. In those cases, I didn't necessarily feel the same about like having to go, look at this, big winner. You know, look at me. I know what I'm doing. Did you see other people up there that you would have recognized like Bernie or Vicky or Mrs. Davis? Or did you not pay attention to them? It, wasn't like, it was more like a restaurant where they're just going to seat you somewhere. Not like, here's your assigned seat. You know, Trotter right. is stuck with those people. He's stuck with Vicky. He's stuck with Bernie, for better or worse, right? Absolutely. But, but did you notice the other people and, and take them in at all? Well, what's funny is that, like, before I first start to do it, yeah. you know, I'm probably there, you know, I'm probably going for maybe even a couple of years before I even think about something like that. Right. And in those couple of years, of course, man, those were the days where there was like seven, eight thousand people there. It was freaking packed, you know. And it wasn't even, it wasn't even a big deal to me. That was how it was, you know. Like the from the minute I went, that's what it was yes. like. 
And so it wasn't like, oh my gosh, the humanity, you know what? It was just what it was. But during those times, I remember seeing the people come from somewhere down to the riffraff and to watch and they'd be in fancy clothes, you know, like it made me go like, what is this? You know, it'd be women in like gowns, you know, and the guy in like a tux that would happen. And yeah, yeah. I would start to see these, you know, again, like you said, I wouldn't, I didn't know them by name or anything like that, but I'd see these same, you know, 50 or so people that looked like, well, where'd they come from? And mm. so, you know, so I knew that they, on a regular basis, they were enjoying that. And then, uh, you know, once I started to go, just being straight up honest, no matter how much money I was rolling around with, I never felt like I really belonged there. Okay. Okay. That's understandable. I don't think that I would ever feel that. I wouldn't feel that way today if I went right. to a place like that. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No. Right. So at Never. some point it was like, let me fake it. Right. And then after a while, yeah. it was like we'd bo- we'd all be in on it. Whoever I was with, would be like, look how look how crazy yeah. this is. Isn't this cool? You know? <laughs> Can you believe we made it? That we're right. here. Right. Yeah. Right. Total spazzes. Yeah, and so, right, so the guy walking by holding his wife's, you know, mink or something, you know, just never phased me. It was just, yeah, that, that's where we're at, you know. Mm-hmm. So I didn't, I didn't ever, I didn't interact, you know, with anybody there. Now, the servers, you know, they would get to, they would get more familiar. So, so I remember that, but, but again, they were t- so well trained. I mean, I'm sure the whole philosophy behind everything going on up there was get them betting, Right. Right? Right. So you were never... Okay, I can only imagine it was something like this. Look, this is a crowd that a guy goes from having a 100 bucks in his pocket to five grand, and then all of a sudden you look like somebody who deserves a $100 tip for nothing. So treat them like royalty all the time. Yes, yes. And, okay, so in this movie, Jay comes up with his next bet... Lord Byron, and decides, I I better go bet it. Now, we know he's got to take the money out of the shoes, go downstairs. I'm thinking about all of this, yes. Right? Yes. Now, I would think that they would have some way for you to bet whilst you're in the jockey club. Now, I know Jay has a very specific reason. He's carrying around $2,500, in his shoes, right? So he, he's not going to pull them out, even though he did pull a dollar out of the shoe. He's not going to pull them out and throw them on the table and be like, here you go. So he's going to have to go and, and handle that situation. But did, was it like that at, at Dania? Did yes. people come and take the bets at the table? Yes. Yes. So you wouldn't have to leave. You could just sit there and drink your cocktails. Right. And again... This is just another testament to how I felt. I never, like, ever did that unless it was absolutely necessary. We're talking about a handful of times ever that I would convey my bets that way. But, yes, the the higher-ups were doing that all the time. There would be some, usually a, a, a pretty girl, like the cigarette girl, you know, would be like a comp. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Right? Okay. So she comes over and... You know, depending on the level of technology, because I'm guessing, yeah, but with Let It Ride, it's probably, they've got some kind of device already at that point, but uh, it gets better, you know, like uh, eventually it gets to where they just type something in, it prints a ticket. I think what, what they would do in the beginning was they would write everything down, they'd have a way to log it, and then they'd go get them the tickets, and then you'd have that taken care of. And yeah, that was absolutely, that was happening all over upstairs and even downstairs to some level, to some extent. But it was certainly a perk. So for sure, in that Jackie Club situation, nobody was yeah. doing what he did. Nobody. Everybody was getting catered to as to their mm-hmm. bet. Yeah. For a second, I was just thinking, well, why would he get up and do that? But then I started remembering, oh, that's right. He's not going to take a... Even he's smart enough to not take his shoes out and put them on the table and pull the, all the cash out to give to somebody for Lord it, Byron. It would, have been, it would have been nice if there was a little bit of recognition about that. Like maybe they missed a cue there. 
because he does do it with the sh- with the dollar. So then maybe like he does, you see him, he does like reaching down and the, uh, reaching down and then maybe going like you know, yeah, thinking right? about it. Like oh, that's not a good idea. You're right. There, there should be something there. I'm just presuming for Jay, right? I'm just projecting my own thoughts. Like yeah. oh, I certainly wouldn't do that if I had all this money in my shoes. That would look stupid. Right. So I don't want to blow it here. But yeah, first thing he does when he get there, when he gets there, is pull out the sweatiest, most disgusting dollar bill right. and gives it to somebody. <laughs> right. Yep. Lowbrow J. There you go. Lowbrow J. Like I said, I mean, honestly, this scene kind of changes the movie for me because it's so casual, even though you know what's going on there, but like there's tension for me throughout the film up till now because he is letting it ride. He's putting a lot on the line. And now it's like he's getting the, the spoils of victory. And his attitude changed. He's able to have different interactions without, you know, any uh, stakes associated with it at this point. Yes. You know, everybody else he know he interacts with is, are people he knows or people who look down on him. You know, like the ticket seller. So I, I just remember really being at ease here. And then even he, you know, the way he, he like, you know what he does? He delights in Vicky, you know, with, with her responses. Even when he's walking out to go bet, he runs into her and she said, you know, I said, excuse me. And he says, like, can I get you anything? Flowers. Yeah, but, you know, but what does he say right after that, after she walks away? What does Jay say? Yes. Oh, I don't. What does he say? Quaaludes, you're right. Which I don't, that's one I don't really get. What do you get from that? He's suggesting that she takes Quaaludes, is what she's. Oh, okay. All right. Because, you know, under current conditions, we know who else was, you know, what else was going on with Quaaludes in the day. Well, I mean, I don't think they were still manufacturing Quaaludes by 1989. I know, but. All right, let's just move on from that. So, uh, wait, are you suggesting somebody else was taking quaaludes? Or no, no, I'm suggesting that like we know now, this was a good way to what to give to a girl. Oh, I see. No, I don't think that's how he meant it. I okay. think he he like that's the type of attitude. Yeah, no, I think projects. you're right. I think yeah, he I was don't right. Think, I think he was making yeah, a reference I, to her already. Yeah, yeah. Unlike you, you're making like a Bill Cosby reference is what you're doing here, right? Is that what's happening? Is that the guy? That's the guy. I know there's a guy. There, there's a guy. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. That's the guy. So you know what's even... Okay, the best line... Uh, uh, what The way the scene ends is yes. when, after that happens, it's a little adorable exchange. He goes walking away. Then you hear Bernie off screen, and he says, You have another collision like that? We're going to get you fitted for glasses. It's so hilarious because it's like he's so, he's so out of touch every time he speaks. This is he's out of touch. He's an asshole. He cannot help but be an asshole, and he's frequently annoyed. He's made the choice of of Vicky. That's his. That's his girl, and she's really a like this adorable, gorgeous woman, right? She is, but right. but she annoys him all the time, right? Like he all he, the time. Yes. Right? When she says earlier, she says, she wants to ask him who he wants to bet on, and she asks it wrong. She doesn't say, who do you want or who do you like? She right. says, some, you know, she says it some other way. And then he's like, it's who do you like? Yep. Right? He has to correct her on that. Yeah. You know what it's, it's like? Like, if we were get, not to get too deep, but it's almost like he doesn't, he's trying to bring her down to his yes. standard, you know, or, yeah. or, you know, to, to lower her so that it looks like, look, I'm the one giving you a tumble. You know, you're just an ignorant <laughs> hick, you know, whatever. Exactly right. So he's yes, always right. putting her down. Yeah. But, and, but we, right. we, we do know that one motivation for this uh, that, we've, that we've learned is that Bernie's already lost his ass. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Look, like I said, she has so many of these, like, right. She just kind of turns to him. Yeah, Bernie's already lost his ass today. Yes. Oh, yeah. my gosh. <laughs> It's so great, right? And and she's able to get away with it. And Jay is just delighting in in all of it. Yeah, in all of it. Yeah. And you know, as big of an asshole as Bernie is, he's a guy, and I'm not naming any names, but we know guys like this in our mm-hmm. orbit where it's like you just want to be around them because the shit that's going to come out of their mouths, aggressively or not, is going to just be great fodder. Oh yeah. 
you know, and, and this is Bernie. Yeah. Like I would, when I when I first saw the movie, I wanted to punch Bernie right in the face, but after that, I learned like, no, 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 Bernie's hilarious. He's a good time. Yeah, you might want to be in the room with Bernie and just see what happens. Right? Right. You don't even yeah. have to. Yeah, you don't have to get involved. I get you. But if you know what you're doing to like prod him just a little bit, point him in the right direction, yeah, he could do. Yeah. He can entertain you all night. He, he, it's just he's just gonna make it happen. Yeah, <laughs> I got it. Hey, keep this in mind too. Twenty five hundred dollars times two is five thousand dollars. <sighs> you know, low stakes, Jay. That's low stakes for you. Really? I mean, it's like, yeah. and it's such a it's such a humble brag. It is. I know it is. Like this, just it, he has to say it because he he needs her to know how much I'm betting. Right. I'll be dropping twenty five hundred dollars on this horse <laughs> which that you, you like. Right. By the way. And you know he's actually not. He's got to pay for that rum. He only got twenty four fifty. We know he doesn't have twenty five hundred. He's got twenty four hundred. That's right. Lions S O B. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Jockey Club. This episode was hosted and produced by me, Dan Delgado. Thank you to my guest, Eric Delgado. Our theme music is from Epidemic Sound, and our cover art is by Sean Labrie. If you enjoyed this episode, and yes, I would like to think that you did, then you can help the show out by buying me a coffee. This is really a thing. There is a link to it in the show notes on how to do it. It's in the show description right there. There's a little link. It'll say, buy me a coffee. You can click on it and send a few dollars my way. Now, if you say, Dan, I, I can't do that. I've got a big race coming up this weekend, and I'm saving all of my money to put it on the long shot to win. Well, of course, I understand. So you can still support the show by leaving a free five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you may be listening to this. If you wanted to contact me to discuss Let It Ride, five-star reviews, or anything else, my email is dan at moviemaker.com. I am always on Twitter. It is at underscore Dan underscore Delgado. Or even better, I'm on the Repod app, which is a fine, fine way to not only to listen to podcasts, but to interact with podcast hosts like me. Find it in the App Store. Come on by and say hello. This has been Dan Delgado for The Jockey Club. And remember, you may be walking around lucky and not even know it.